Warning, the podcast you're about to hear has a unique conservative perspective and may be politically incorrect, containing some controversy in its message. This episode may speak out against liberalism, socialism, the dark state, and religious organizations. It is possible that evil in politics, education, law, society, and religion will be discussed and exposed. However, we believe this podcast adds truth and value to a mature, disenfranchised audience who may be tired of apostate religions and wicked world systems. Listeners who are easily offended, overly sensitive, or have progressive leanings sympathetic to the topics we expose should be forewarned not to listen any further. We thank both those who choose to listen as well as those who choose not to listen. You've been warned. And now, let us get on with the show. I don't know who's sitting across from me, but either. she's pretty. Okay, <laughs> for me. <laughs> it's you, Miss Kapow, on the fabulous Freedom Friday Hour. It's an alternative commentary on the slice of life. Okie dokie. And today is October 6, 2017. Today, Miss Kapow, mm-hmm. you cannot open the news without reading or hearing about the Las Vegas shooting. It's everywhere. It's the news. Last week, it was, you know, North Korea. The week before, it's hurricanes. This week, it's the Las Vegas shooting. And um, as you've probably been following it, it could get ad nauseum because you only have so many facts. And as each day goes by, a little more pops up, maybe. Um, and then you get a little more insight, a little more information. But basically, it's uh, we've had our basic facts probably since day two. And it hasn't changed much. We know what happened in this mass shooting. We know how it happened for the most part. But the big problem is why it happened. And everybody, Christian, non-Christian alike, are asking that same question. Yes. Why did it happen? And who was this Stephen Paddock fella? Mm-hmm. And how how do you, I mean, how, uh, we know how he did it, but it's like, well, how do you do it so efficiently and so organized, so methodical? And then the big question is motivation. Because, you know, in, in any investigation, you're looking for the motive, but you're asking the question, with whom did this guy have a grievance with? Mm-hmm. What was his grievance? And that seems to be what's so puzzling about this is because you can't find any. Yeah. Uh, and it's, so it's very bizarre. So anyway... You've heard about this all week. You're hearing about it all the time. But I simply could not post any other news items this week because of this, because I myself have had my nose into it every day. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only with the national news, but our local news. And you just trying to look for clues to solve these huge puzzles, these huge holes. And without getting too weird and too conspiratorial about it, to try to find some meaning. And I think that's just human nature, Mm -hmm. that there's something so tragic, so off the charts, so bizarre, that your brain, your human brain is trying to find some root. Yeah. You know, you want this guy to be a terrorist. You want you wanted to find in his hotel room or in his house ties to ISIS. You wanted to find that. You mm-hmm. wanted to find or ties to Antifa or just a crazy rambling rant on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, you wanted to find that so you can go, that's uh, the kook. That's why. That's yeah. why. Mm-hmm. He was off his meds. He's nuts. That's why. And you wanted to find witnesses and neighbors and family members and friends that said, Whoa, he was always a little, you know, we we never, we thought he could snap anytime. Mm-hmm. And because you can't find those things, 
It's an enigma and it's so puzzling and it's not like anything else we've seen. I mean, top level FBI profilers are saying this breaks every mold. He doesn't fit any of our profiles. Mm-mm. In fact, everything that they do find creates more questions than solving answers. And you're right. Yeah, it just it creates a bigger you know rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah, you find something. Well, now you know you got fifty more questions on that. So, some of you may or may not be aware that we live in Mesquite, Nevada, and we live in a community called. Sun City, um, it is a age-restricted, they call it a retirement community. And, and I want to clarify some things because there are some news outlets that have it wrong about a retirement community and what it is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean uh, everybody here is retired, and it doesn't mean that... Um, it's not assisted living. It's either. not assisted living. And we did hear some young, <laughs> some young bucks on YouTube uh, talking about our community, and they couldn't understand how a guy in assisted living, a 64-year-old old man, you know, to us, he's not that old. And um, on assisted living, you know, in an old folks' home, I think is what they called it, could carry out such an act. And they were just totally had a total misconception of what what this is and where he, where he lived. Mm-hmm. And we live here. So we want to clarify some of those things and, and maybe explain... Uh, some of that to you that no one else can explain to you or are explaining to you because they don't have boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. And we are the boots of the ground here in Mesquite, not only in Mesquite, but in Sun City. So we live in a community called Del Webb, D-E-L-W-E-B-B, Del Webb, Sun City, Mesquite. You can look that up on the internet and uh, you can see what homes are here, what the community is all about and everything. And it is an upscale community. It's a it's a resort. Mesquite in itself is like a resort town. And and Sun City where we live is like living in a big resort. It's like being on vacation every day. And really that's what it is. And it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And we're gonna explain where this guy lived and just how bizarre things are, but also how this type of lifestyle lends itself to someone blending in and not attracting attention mm-hmm. also. And that's something that a, a lot of the, the media, they can't give you. So we're not going to give you any new information. We didn't know this guy, never met him, never saw him. I have no idea who he is. Don't know anybody who knew him. Well, I kind of, kind of Solly from the gun shop, but um, outside yeah. of that, don't, don't know anybody, you know, personally neighbors or anything who knew him. So we can't give you any new information that's not already out there, mm-hmm. but we can give you the information about the lifestyle and maybe some other things, raise some other questions. All right. So we're going to spend the show talking about that because it's just too hard to talk about anything else when you have such a big, big incident that's so close to our home mm-hmm. to talk about. And then many of you know, maybe you don't know, but our our business address, our Fifth Hook Media the business mailing address is in Las Vegas, but we don't live in Las Vegas. We live in Mesquite. Mm-hmm. We live about an hour, 15, 20 minutes from Vegas, north of it in in the resort town. It's actually a very big golf community and um, of Mesquite, Nevada. Mm-hmm. All right? Yes. So, Miss Kapow, I think, has a word. I think I we'll get on it. do. Let me see if I can. Here. Where'd your word go, Miss Pam? Yeah, right here, Jerry. Right here. Hold on a minute. Uh, I've got to keep talking because <laughs> dead air time is horrible <laughs> when you're doing a podcast <laughs> or it was radio. Like my computer just went. Oh, uh, dead air. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Here okay. It is. And it's in Psalm 10, and it says, Why standest thou far off, O Lord? Why hidest thou thyself in times of trouble? The wicked in his pride does persecute the poor. Let them be taken in the devices that they have imagined. For the wicked boast of his heart's desire, and blessed the covetous whom the Lord abhorreth. The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. His ways are always grievous, 
Thy judgments are far above out of his sight. As for all his enemies, he puffs at them. He hath said in his heart, I shall not be moved, for I shall never be in adversity. His mouth is full of cursing and deceit and fraud. Under his tongue is mischief and vanity. He sits in the lurking places of the villages. In the secret places does he murder the innocent. Mm. His eyes are privily set against the poor. He lies in wait secretly as a lion in his den. He lieth in wait to catch the poor. He does catch the poor when he draws himself into his net. He crouches and humbles himself that the poor may fall by his strong ones. He has said in his heart, God hath forgotten. He hides his face. He will never see it. Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up thine hand. Forget not the humble. Wherefore doth the wicked condemn God? He has said in his heart, Thou wilt not require of it. Thou hast seen it, for thou beholdest mischief and spite, to requite it with thy hand. Thy poor committeth himself unto thee. Thou art the helper of the fatherless. Break thou the arm of the wicked and the evil man. Seek out his wickedness till thou find none. The Lord is king forever and ever, and the heathen are perished out of his land. Lord, thou hast heard the desire of the humble. Thou wilt prepare their heart. Thou wilt cause thine ear to hear, to judge the fatherless, fatherless and the oppressed, that the man of the earth may no more oppress. You are listening to the Kapow Radio Show Network. Kapow stands for Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness. Kapow is sponsored by Fifthook Media, a digital publisher of ebooks. Fifthhookmedia.com has a selection of ebooks about spiritual warfare and Christian living. Visit fifthhookmedia.com. That's F I F T H O O K media.com. Remember, that's fifthhookmedia.com. F I F T H O O K. Kapow! What's up, yo? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I'm done, you. Demons in My Marriage Bed from all online digital retailers, such as Amazon.com, Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, changed the way my spouse and I conduct spiritual battle and has increased our alertness level to the tactics of Satan. Please do not be fooled that such things cannot happen to you. Rather, get prepared and become the spiritual warrior needed to overcome in these perilous times in which we all live. You know, I don't think you could have found a better line of scripture to describe what's going on. I know, huh? Yeah. The Lord does that. Certainly does. I mean, that's really amazing. Okay, so there's there's no doubt that Stephen Paddock, this uh, shooter, was not a godly man. Even if he didn't kill all those people and wound close to 500, he still would not be a godly man. Mm-mm. The guy lived a Las Vegas lifestyle, was a professional gambler. Uh, and, uh, you know, in general, I don't think it was a very nice person to other people. And you just wonder who this guy was. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have a lot of questions about his income and exactly how he made his money. I know they say he was a real estate investor and he made some money, but I want to see like what what did he buy? What did he do? What transactions did he make? There's a lot of people who buy real estate mm-hmm. who are not multi who who don't gamble thirty thousand dollars a day. Right. You know, this guy was considered a probably a small whale in the casinos. A whale is somebody who's a high roller, very big, multi million dollar gambler. And this guy was on the low end. He was he was a big fish exactly. in the whale pond. But he was still somebody. He was well-known in these casinos. And uh, not so much here, but over there. Over here, it, it's a different type of casino than uh, Las Vegas. It's a lot smaller and a lot more, um, you know, old style, mm-hmm. like old Vegas, uh, these casinos. They're not the big conglomerates like you have in Vegas, you know. And they're about, what, a quarter of the size, you know, type right. of thing. Uh, so... I, I would think a guy like this wouldn't have time for mesquite casinos. You know, he's he's over there in Vegas. So anyway, who is this guy? Who is he? Um, we live in a community, Sun City Mesquite, Del Webb. Like I said, look it up and see what, what's going on. Um, Google map it. It's a beautiful community uh, in Mesquite, Nevada. We're right on the border of Arizona. And uh, you go through the Arizona Strip, and then you're in Utah, southern Utah, and you enjoy St. George and 
a lot of the other, you know, beautiful communities there in Utah. So we're kind of right there in a, in a tri-state area. Mm-hmm. And like I said, about an hour, hour and 20 minutes from downtown, you know, Vegas and all that stuff. So a lot of people who live here go go to Vegas for entertainment, you know, do different things and come back. So this this particular community is not a retirement community like some would say or like the media might portray it. That There's just a bunch of old folks here that are, uh, you know, are immobile and <laughs> can't yeah. do anything. There's a lot of, lot of rich people here. There's a lot of wealth here. There's some people have a lot of money. There's other people that don't have, you know, millions of dollars, a lot of money, but they did well enough to live here. To live here. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that have a lot of money. A uh, lot of people live here part-time. Mm-hmm. This is just a vacation home. They just come in the winter because in the summer, it gets very hot here. You know, it could get up to, uh, I think this last summer, maybe 118, 120 in some days. Yeah. Um, at night, we were walking our dogs and it was 106 degrees at nine o'clock at night, you know. So it gets very hot. So people will go back to Oregon or Washington or the Dakotas or wherever they're from, Wisconsin, during the summer. And then they'll come back during the winter. Snowbirds is what they're called. So the, the city swells in population. A retirement community, what this, what this means here in Sun City where Stephen Paddock lived it just means that you have to be 55 minimum to live here. Mm-hmm. You can't be younger than 55. We we bought our house the, uh, was it the day after your birthday, Ms. Capel? Uh, actually, no, it was on, no, it was on my birthday. Okay. Well, I hate to give your age away because everybody oh, thinks no. you're like 19. No, I'm old. Um, You're not old. We're on the, we are on the, Younger scale of the majority of people who live here. We're on the younger end. But uh, like Ms. Kapow said. Yeah, that, we're considered babies here. Yeah, we're considered babies. Yeah, a lot of people call us you know, babies or kids, you know. But um, like Ms. Kapow said, we came up here to look at some property and, and get out of California. And uh, we came here in April of 2015. And on the day of her birthday, we came up to this community to look around and uh, fell in love with it. And uh, bought a house. So she had just turned 55 and we were able to do that. But that's all that means. Uh, Most people are not 55. They're a little older. They're at least in their mid-60s where they, you know, retired at 63 or 65. Right. Um, Most people. Then you have people in the 70s. No one's walking around in walkers. They're not willing in wheelchairs or, you know, people jog. They run. They're biking. It's very active. It's very active here. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a it's a golf course community. There's an 18-hole golf course that runs throughout the community. And it, the community is set up in what they call villages. Uh, you might look at them as neighborhoods. But everything is, is hilly and curvy, and it's um, landscaped, really beautiful, desert landscape, gorgeous. And there's different villages. So in different villages, there's different... Um, types of houses and models. Some are mixed. Some are just bigger houses. Some are smaller. But all the villages are nice. Oh, yeah. There's no village that's not nice. They all have, um, you know, you know, nice amenities and parks and things like that. They're, they're nice. Some villages are bigger than others. And so, most of the villages only have one way in, one way out. Too. Yeah, most of them only have, yeah, one way in, one way out. Um, and some have two. We have one village here, only one that's that's gated in itself, and it's a, a gated community and you or a gated village, and so outsiders can't get in. And uh, but that's the only one. The rest of them are open. And uh, in fact, Sun City is open. You can't close Sun City because as you enter Sun City, uh, they have a beautiful archway and there's fountains and all this stuff. But as you enter, it's still a public road. That takes you up to the uh, Conestego, Conestega, Conestega Golf Course, mm-hmm. world-renowned, beautiful golf course, and they have a, a class. You know, I would I'd consider it a five-star restaurant. You know, mm-hmm. up there, very nice. 
Um, and because we're part of that community, they they cater a lot of the services, uh, meals and stuff when you have a party and, you know, get togethers and things. And then, you know, you even get a 10% discount when you eat there type of thing and discount off your golfing. You know, I'm not a golfer, but a lot of people that live here are mm-hmm. golfers and there there's some that are pro pro level golfers. It's a huge golf community. So I hope you kind of get an idea of what this is. So. Stephen Paddock, this shooter, was not some lame brain. Um, he had some money. He paid cash for his home back in 2015. We bought in 2015. He bought in 2015. It's interesting because when I look at his house, the plants look very small. Yeah, they look like plants that have just been planted. Yeah, they look like, they look about a year old. So I don't know how that worked unless he bought you know the lot. And it took, you know, this amount of time for them to build. You know, I don't know. Because when we bought, we just bought a lot. And then they didn't break ground till what, a month later? Yeah. And then it took about four or five months to actually build the house. So um, I'm not sure how that works or what happened. But his plants do look small uh, for someone who's been living here. They look brand new. Yeah, they do. But he uh, apparently he selected a, a, a place in a village and the village that he selected is a nice uh, upscale village. You know, there's there are bigger homes there. Um, the homes that are on what we call the rim have a beautiful view of the city and the mountains and very nice. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. <laughs> um, you know, we have we have at least one uh, friend couple that lives there that we've been at their house and stuff. And um, very beautiful homes and and uh, views and things. So this is where he bought, and he bought with a view, but because he wanted the privacy, you know. And so he has a neighbor to the left, to the right, but nothing behind him. Wanted the privacy, and he's right on a in a very private cul-de-sac, so they don't have the through traffic. So on these cul-de-sacs, there's probably no more than three or four homes right there, uh, on, on there. The type of community this is, is that, you know, in the morning, you will see people just walking their dogs or riding their bikes or walking around. They do that in the morning, you know, when it's cooler and, and, you know, a lot of people are out. Most people, most people are very friendly. Mm -hmm. You, You can't drive around without somebody waving at you. You can't walk without people waving at you. And you have no idea who they are. And they don't know who you are. But you just know that they're from the community, and so you're... They wave. Yeah. Very, very friendly. Very sociable. Neighbors will just get together impromptu. It happens in our in our village all the time. We'll walk out the front door walking our dogs in the evening, and two doors down, neighbors will be sitting in, on their driveway mm-hmm. with their camping chairs, and they have an impromptu uh, little party mm-hmm. all the time. It's just real common, you know, people come over and it's just very casual, very relaxed, very nice. Everybody's retired. They're happy, right? They're <laughs> golfing. You know, there's great food here. It's relaxed. If you're stressed out in, in Mesquite, Nevada, you got a problem because there's, I mean, the whole speed limit throughout the whole city is 35 miles an hour. Okay. You can't go more than 35 miles an hour. You can't go faster than your golf cart. Yeah. Thank God for a cruise control. <laughs> yeah. And there's golf carts everywhere. You know, golf carts, off-road razors, because there's a lot of uh, wilderness out here, Gold Butte wilderness and mountainous. You know, just there's a lot to do. It's really pretty. So this is where this guy buys. And it's a perfect perfect place to buy if you just kind of want to blend in. Mm-hmm. It's like he's he's always selected these kind of communities. Mm-hmm. He lived in a Del Webb community in uh, Reno, I believe. Yes. And then a retirement community in Florida. Florida. So he you select these because well there's there's no one looking at you really. Mm-mm. And it's not unusual to buy here and not be here for 6 months to a year. You don't have the the you know people being concerned of your whereabouts. Yes, you don't know. In fact, I'll give you a little story. In our village, there's a house um down the street that has a beautiful view. I, I love their view and they're right on the rim and they have the beautiful view of the city. And when we first moved here, I met the lady who lived there. Uh, she was in the hiking club and I met her. And that was almost, that was two years ago. 
And I have never seen them since, nor have I ever seen anybody at that house since. And I go by there nightly when I walk my dogs. Nightly. So that's how it is. So Mm -hmm. I have no idea where they're at, who they are. I wouldn't even recognize her if I saw her again. Yeah. You know, but But I know that. But it's not unusual. So it's not, not unusual at all. Not to even know who's who's there, who's coming and going. So that's what this guy did. And, you know, if you're not a friendly person or whatever, people just leave you alone. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't want to say hi to people or talk to them or engage them, they just let you be. You know, uh, when we first moved here, there's a saying that we were told, you could be as busy as you want to or not as busy as you want to. Mm -hmm. No one's going to force you to join clubs or bother you. There is so much to do here. It's crazy. You know, there's a huge, um, and I don't know how, how big square foot our, our, you know, clubhouse is, but it's huge. We've got a huge clubhouse. There's this beautiful outdoor, you know, top end resort pool area mm-hmm. with jacuzzis and just an incredible view over the golf course and mountains. I mean, it's unbelievable. It really is. Indoor pools. There's an indoor walking track. There's tennis courts, bootsy ball, pickleball. Putting greens. I mean, come on, over and over again. Meeting halls, craft rooms, dance studios, everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and a huge gym. There's a huge, you know, gym. And all that's all part of your dues. And this guy, it's unknown if he ever used any of that stuff. Or I doubt if he ever socialized or anything. And the neighbors that did live, you know, near him... They saw. They said just the trash cans went out and the trash can came back or the garage door opened, the car went in, they're gone. He never drove anything fancier than would be an average, you know, rental He never car. did anything to attract attention. Mm-mm. Never did anything to attract attention. They When he first moved here, allegedly, he, he put up a fence that wasn't approved by our um, architectural committee guidelines. You know, everything's tight. It's an HOA here. Everything has to look a certain way. You can't just, you know, hey, I'm going to park my boat in my front yard. You can't do that here. Um, You can't just put any kind of fencing. You can't landscape any way. It's it's very tight. And that's why it's it's kept beautiful. But apparently he put a fencing in that was um, solid or it didn't meet the standards. And 23 neighbors signed a petition uh, to the HOA because it blocked their view. You also can't block other people's view. Mm-mm. So the HOA made him remove the fence. And he told one of the neighbors, he told her, well, I don't like, I don't like looking at people and I don't want them looking at me. Mm-hmm. He's very private. Very but, you know, and I don't have a problem with that. I'm I'm kind of like that too. You know, I mean, I don't want people staring at me either. But he he blocked his rear view of the city, this beautiful view he had. He he actually put a fence there to block that. So that's it was it was like it was unusual because uh, most people buy a lot with a view so that they can at least watch, see the view. Yes, have visual of the view. Yeah. So that was made it unusual that he would buy a house with that kind of property and then block the, the view. Yeah. And I don't want people watching me. Watch, well, who's going to watch you from way down there? Mm-hmm. Somebody has binoculars or something, right? So he never gave any indication outside of that that he was anything else. In fact, most people just kind of described him as, you know, a nothing type of thing. Um, he wasn't angry, wasn't aggressive. He was just kind of nothing. Um, here, you know, um, I'm not speaking about other properties he owned, but here, and apparently he went and he plucked down cash for this house at that time. It was just under 400,000. But the other thing I want to, I want to stress is that when you buy a house here, you might, you might pluck down say $400,000 for a home, but you're normally going to spend 20, you know, to 30% more on upgrades. Mm-hmm. No one, I shouldn't say no one, but very few people take, you know, what the house comes with mm-hmm. because everything's like a la carte, you know, you can have the, the flooring that it comes with, but yeah, this you, would be better. You want the imported tile from Tuscany, don't you? You know, and there's a lot of upgrades, a lot of things you can do, garage extensions and, you know, courtyards and yeah, I mean, a lot of things. 
you know, fencing, better landscaping. So um, I don't know what he did to his home. He may not have done anything. But usually when you see that, you know, that's just kind of like a starting beginning price, you know, mm-hmm. usually goes up. This guy apparently had a lot, a lot of money, but didn't show it. And when he bought the house here, the um, the realtor who sold it to him, she did a um, an interview for a local paper, The Spectrum. And she says, you know, one thing she could say is that he he, he wasn't flashy at all. You know, he just came. He knew what he wanted. He wanted that cul-de-sac one. He could have got a bigger house, uh, but he chose this one because of the location mm-hmm. and got that. So it's like he knew exactly what he wanted. And it seems like all of his houses had that hidden factor. About yeah, because we saw the one in Florida, was it not? Uh-huh. And it was just very plain. Yeah. Yeah, very, very plain. It didn't do a whole lot. Even the people that went inside said there wasn't a whole lot there. I don't know inside of this house here in Mesquite what he did or what he didn't do. Um, I tried to look at the pictures of the garage when the cops breached the garage door to see what he had in there. It looked like some shelving. You know, of course, his trash barrel was there and things like that. But I didn't see a lot of stuff like, you know, if someone lived in the house, they usually have stuff in their garage. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I didn't see a lot of that. I mean, he could have, like, just moved in. It kind of looked like that. And he he probably did. He probably wasn't there a lot. He probably lived at the casinos or maybe somewhere else, you know, who knows if that's even his, you know, real name? You know what I mean? I know. Um, and so there's a lot of speculation on who this guy is. And what we do know is that there's not a whole lot to know about him. Um, we can't, there's the, the law enforcement can't seem to find a lot of friends or anybody who really knew him or really worked with him. It's like, where do you get his money? Well, and they, there's really no paper trail. Either. No. No, they, you know, they say he was an auditor for uh, Lockheed Martin for three years. Well, you don't retire with millions of dollars for working three years. Mm-hmm. But he also started as a postal worker. Apparently he worked for the IRS. I read, and I don't know if this is all true because you're just reading it and information changes. But to me, it almost sounds like he was a government op. You know, he was a CIA operative. He was, he was hidden. And, you know, that's one of the conspiracy theories. But the guy wasn't, it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And you talk to other people like his brother and things like that. And they say, oh, this guy, I mean, he might've had a few handguns, but you know, he wasn't a gun nut. He wasn't a gun person. You know, and other neighbors said, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, the local gun store here is called guns and guitars. And, um, he bought a 308 rifle only for, you know, a round magazine, but you know, a 308 hunting rifle. He bought it the Thursday before he went to Las Vegas on that Friday, mm-hmm. and then he committed the, the murders on Sunday. Yeah. And isn't that uh, weapon missing now? Yeah. That missing, that weapon is not found in his hotel room. So, you know, we know that we know the owners of that store and we know the manager of that store. We, we bought guns from them and they also sponsor my band Delta straight. They sponsor our jam sessions and things. So, you know, they're good people. Um, and, and, and what, what they said is this guy came in, he was just a customer. He was normal. He seemed happy, upbeat. And he, uh, Solly is his name, the manager. And he says, this guy was an avid shooter. Yeah. He would, he, see, this guy also is a multimillionaire professional gambler. This guy's gambling hundreds of thousands of dollars. So he, he doesn't live like you and I. This guy would shoot his guns or somebody would shoot these guns. Who knows? And he would bring these assault type rifles to the gun store to have them cleaned. He he didn't even clean his own guns. Now, for me, you know, being a policeman for a lot of years and stuff, after I shoot my gun, I enjoy cleaning it. Mm -hmm. I like the smell of hoppies in the air. You know, I mean, I just I like cleaning my own gun. And um so, I mean, he, he takes it to the gun store and has them clean. And, and this is one of the services they provided for him. And the day before he left for, you know, Vegas, he buys this rifle. And who knows where it's at? Mm-hmm. So there's, there is a whole, whole bunch of mysteries here. You know, uh, I heard some people, you know, thinking he was a gun runner, you know, like a straw man buying these guns and selling. But he had 23 of them in his hotel room. So that doesn't sound like he's selling them. No. Um. You know, very, very, very bizarre, very bizarre things all bought legally. Um, it just, it just, it's, 
It's like a Jason Bourne thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is. He's like a Jason Bourne. Yeah, and even the experts are beside themselves. They can't make out anything. No, they're baffled because he does not fit the profile, and they're baffled on finding anything. Now, his girlfriend, you know, Mary Lou Gal, that lived there, no one seems to know her either, though people who did meet her say she was a lot more friendly, you know, and sociable. But, um, you know, no one really knew her. You know, they didn't swim with her. She didn't belong to the club. And they just believed they had more of an itinerant schedule. And that blends in well with this kind of community Uh and and probably other communities like it. You don't know where people are at. They just kind of come and go. Honest, Miss Capow and I don't go anywhere. We stay here all summer. You know, we live here. We don't have vacation homes in other states, you know, or real homes in other states that use this vacation home. This is our home. Mm-hmm. We stay here all summer. We don't go anywhere. And honestly, we'll we'll go out. We'll, you know, walk our dogs or we'll be, uh, you know, in a restaurant or we'll go to one of these social events. And, you know, inevitably somebody will see you that hasn't seen you in a long time. And they'll go, where you been? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, we've been here. Where you been? You know, mm-hmm. well, we haven't seen you in the summer. Well, I don't know why, because <laughs> I'm here, you know, mm-hmm. but it's it's like that. You know, it's it's like that. People could just disappear. So, I mean, you know, we, we don't know anything about this guy. Obviously, he wanted uh, to kill, uh, you know, a lot. He could have done something here in town. Mm-hmm. Well, just uh, tell them about the pool party that we had. Okay. Yeah. We're feeling that it could have been us. Yeah. I mean, the... the Allegedly, he went and um, went to the Mandalay Hotel in Vegas on Friday and been there since, you know, Friday or Thursday or Friday. I hear both, mm-hmm. but um, I've heard more often Friday. And then he committed these mass murders two days later on a Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that Friday here in Sun City, we had a big pool party. And it was like the end of summer pool party. And like I said, we had this huge clubhouse. It's very elegant and, uh, and beautiful. And um, how, I don't know how many people would be there. 100, Maybe 150. 150 people. And all this outdoor pool party. And there's barbecued hamburgers. We had entertainment. You know, uh, 1880 Grills there. That's from the, the, the golf course. You know, and they cater everything. And um, people had a great time. And uh, they're dancing, they're socializing. It's a beautiful view. It's a beautiful, perfect evening. <laughs> you know, no wind, just right temperature. You're at this beautiful resort pool. I mean, life is really, really good. And Miss Capow and I went to that. And we had a good time and we socialized with neighbors and friends. And we, we, had, we had a very nice time that mm-hmm. night. And then you read about this guy on Sunday, one of our own residents that does something like this. And he could have, he had a grievance against the HOA or he had a grievance against neighbors or anything. He could have easily just walked into the clubhouse and mowed down, you know, 150 old people. Yeah. The scenario was very similar. Yeah. You know, but obviously there's a whole lot more bang for your buck at, uh, you know, Las Vegas and, um, you know, what he did there. That's that's another another mystery. Mm-hmm. So if you're just kind of an angry, kooky old guy who snaps, well, there's a lot of people around you you can snap at and still get some good bang for your buck. You know, it still would have made the national news, at least sure. for a day, that people said, ah, poor old people, you know, oh, poor old rich people are dead, you know, and then moved on. Uh, yeah, but see, that's the whole thing. We don't know what his motive was. No. And it, it just remains such such a mystery. It um, it's really enigma. And for me, I can't let go of it. Every day, I've got you know, I keep digging and digging and reading local and you know, oh God forbid, even I'm even reading CNN because actually their coverage has been pretty good, <laughs> you know, on this. And, and you know, if you get past all the agenda, as soon as the stupid talking heads come on and you know the the you know gun control stuff, then you know you got to move on. But there, there's something here. I don't spec. I can't speculate what. 
because there's so many theories and I probably have two or three theories that I'm holding in my head at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's pretty hard to do. Mm-hmm. What I do know in my heart that this is not a normal operation. This is not a one man show. And he's always, he's portrayed as some lone wolf guy. And you cannot tell me he pulled this off all by himself. Yeah. Yeah. Especially there are witnesses that have heard several um, different gunfires going off at the same time. Yeah. Boots on the ground. We even hear um, law enforcement radio traffic saying Mm -hmm. there's shooters in the uh, field. Mm -hmm. And what about that uh, cab driver? Yes. When she was actually videotaping the Mandalay, you could see, um, what do you call it? Muzzle flash from the fourth floor or a much lower floor than the 32nd. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, with everything that comes out like that, then there's other refutation to it going, well, but what what was it? That that flash continued after the shot stopped and it was something. Well, then what was it? Okay, that's okay. That's cool. I dig it. But then find out what that flash was then and say, oh, that was just the blinky lights from the sprinkler timer, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. explain it. You can't just dismiss it. So it's that kind of stuff. And that stuff's going to continue for years. This this is the new 911. Mm-hmm. This is this is the new American game changer. And um, our dear brother, um, Javier. Javier from Radio Redemption and Power. Mm-hmm. He had contacted us to make sure we're okay and everything's cool. And really appreciate that. And when we responded back with him. You know, he's he he always he's always talked and written uh words that just I don't know, they well my soul. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just love the way Javier talks, you know. Yeah. And he wrote back, you know, to us and he Basically, what he says is that, you know, Christ is coming soon. He is coming soon. Amen. And America as we know it, life as we know it, is is changed. It's going to be different. It's just like 9-11 changed the way people fly, security, you know, surveillance. This is going to change. This is a catalyst. This is not something some lone wolf shooter did, and then it's going to go away. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not just going to change for the casinos that they're they're now going to have metal detectors or body scanners. It will change for America. Yeah, you can. I guarantee you. And I don't know what the one loan agenda is, but there's probably multiple agendas to something like this. Mm-hmm. But the other thing I want to address is many people are calling this a false flag. And I agree that it is a false flag in the sense that it smacks of government, military, CIA operation. Oh, definitely. It smacks of that. And that's that's the false flag definition I agree with. Some people use the term false flag to say that the event didn't happen. You know, like they say Sandy Hook didn't happen. Right. Nobody died in Sandy Hook. Right. Um, and so you always have these these people come out and go, see, they're not really injured. They're crisis actors. People, the media does use crisis actors even if a real event happened mm-hmm. because they need talking heads. So they hire these horrible actors <laughs> to mm-hmm. give them a talking head. Yeah. Right. And to spin their agenda. And to spin their agenda. Thank you. Yes. I'm not saying that doesn't happen or it hasn't here, but... This really happened. There's people really in a hospital. We know this guy lived in our community. You know, our community has been impacted by it. There's media, you know, at that village. They've had to, um, you know, put no trespassing signs up to keep, mm-hmm. you know, try to keep people out and looky lose. I mean. And I have friends that told me that they've been interviewed by different news people. Yes. Journalists. Yes. So it It happened. It's so it's a false flag in the sense that it smacks of CIA government operation. It smacks of that. It smacks of 9-11. Mm-hmm. Two twin towers going down perfectly like a demolition. It smacks of that. Yeah. But it happened. And there are 59 people, including Stephen Paddock, dead in this deal. 
and close to 500 injured. Mm. That Those are facts. The fact is he did have a home here. And his home, this is another thing. Miss Kapow and I, usually on Saturday or Sunday, try to take a walk through the community. We, we like to do our little hike. And we try to do at least three miles. Yep. We try to go out and do three miles around our community. Our community, you can walk the whole community um, in what, three or four miles maybe? Yeah. Not every village, but on the main streets. Mm -hmm. Well, one of our favorite routes that we like to go to, we walk right past this guy's house. Not, Mm -hmm. not his, not the cul-de-sac that he lives in, but his, the village. Mm -hmm. We walk right past it. And we've been doing that for, you know. For a while now. Yeah, for a while now. So you just, you just, I mean, that's how close he lives to us. He lives literally within walking distance. And so you just don't know who's next to you. You don't know who lives there and you can't control that. There's mm-hmm. nothing you can do about that. You know? No. Um, you know, I, I personally, it's like I, I vacillate between looking at this. When I say realistically, I do not believe he's just some guy who just snapped. Not with the sophistication he pulled this off on. Oh, definitely. Not with cameras in the hallway on a service cart. Mm-mm. Not with monitoring peepholes with cameras. Not with having bump stocks and 23 weapons and thousands of rounds of ammunition. And planning a secret life for years. Yeah. I mean, all the things that we've read and all the, you know things that we've heard and stuff, it just appears, it seems like this has some, been something that um, has been planned for a long time. Well, absolutely. And you can't find anything on this guy. You can't trace anything solid. You know, you can't, oh, I went to high school with the guy. And you know, you can't find, it's hard. Mm-hmm. His work history, I mean, it's. Well, even the interviews with his brother is yeah. very vague. His brother's bizarre. You know what I mean? There's he looks like he's an actor. Yeah. Yeah, just just bizarre. Um, and the stuff his brother says, it's like either you are just really, really weird or you're lying. Mm-hmm. You know, and who knows what his girlfriend, I mean, she's already said, I know nothing. Of course. I know nothing. And Miss Kapow always has a point. How can you live with somebody all those years? And not know anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to have, even if you don't know anything, you have to have some suspicion. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's what's he doing? Now, this guy, in a year's time since October 2016, to actually days before his last shooting, he purchased 33 firearms, most yeah. rifles. Mm-hmm. In one year... Now these things, some go, some cost as much as two thousand dollars. The rifle he purchased from Guns and Guitars here in town was a six hundred dollar three hundred eight. You buy thirty three rifles in a year, and your old lady doesn't know it. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know it. Uh, yeah, you very- have explosives in your home. He had tannerite, which you know, like you use for exploding targets. That kind of explosives. And your old lady doesn't know it. You've never made any indication that you might just snap. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at one point I want to say, okay, he's, he's, he's MK ultra, uh, which is interesting because she, the casino they met at in Reno, she was a high, a high end. Uh, I want to say call girl, but uh, a hostess, hostess. and a yeah. hostess takes care of the high rollers. They mm-hmm. get them whatever they need. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Um, <laughs> the company she used to work for, and I forget the name of the the casino, but the the whole the uh, conglomerate who owned it was Monarch, mm-hmm, Monarch, which is a Bullify. Yeah, and that's the MK Ultra Monarch. So even if he was MK Ultra and he got the uh, phone call or he saw the Queen of Diamonds and then that snapped, right? You know, mm-hmm. like the movie Manchurian Candidate. And he then did what he had to do and he has no recollection. He just had, because he's hypnotized. Mm-hmm. Even if you followed that line of reasoning, I would go, okay, he's MK ultra. They made the phone call. They gave him the password. 
he turned into the zombie, put it all together. The problem is he couldn't have been MK'd Ultra for a whole year prior buying 33 guns yeah. and not know it. He couldn't have been in MK Ultra since the 70s and 80s when he had a secret life. No. I mean, you can't really trace anything. Absolutely no social media presence at all. Not unusual for a guy his age. I probably wouldn't have any either if I didn't have this podcast mm-hmm. and was forced to have a Facebook page in order to have a business page. I wouldn't either. And if you look at my personal page, you'll see that there's nothing on it but this show. Um, I share very little. I just don't like Facebook. I don't like that kind of stuff. But I do this podcast and blab my gums off for hours, you know, <laughs> twice a week. But this, I mean, it's just, it's unusual. It's un- unusual. Yeah, and there's not any, at least like with you, there is a paper trail of some sort. Oh, yeah. You know, you know exactly where you got your money, you know, where you buy your, what you buy your, uh, what kind of money you use to buy things. Yeah. You know I mean, there's some kind of paper trail, but with him, there isn't anything no. like that. You can account solid. for every gun I have, and you can account for almost every word I've said. People who know me, they go, well, have you listened to his show? He's crazy. You know, <laughs> I mean, you can you can you can make that thing. You know, yeah. I've got I've got mesh fencing around my property too. I don't want people staring at me either. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you 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 can you can trace that. And your opinions, you you know, your opinions, people know your opinion about stuff. So, but with him, you don't know anything. No. So who, who knows? I mean, I even have another theory that goes way, way bizarre that this guy wasn't even human. Yeah. Some kind of reptilian hybrid. I know it sounds crazy because, you know, you hear people talk about that and go, really? You know, but you know, one lives right next to you. It could happen. They got to live somewhere, you know? Because he, he acts like a reptilian, emotionless. He, he, a lot of these neighbors said you would you'd, you know wave at him and say hi. He wouldn't even look at you. Mm-hmm. He was like in his own world, and he would he'd look right past you. No I've seen emotion. people like that. Plus, if you think the kind of act that he did, yeah, that would and a real human would have you would think would have a problem with that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, the other thing is, too, is was he totally, totally set up? Is that really his body? You know, the, the sheriff says it. And for, in my opinion, if you're going to listen to any of the news media and press releases and report, the, the only one that I really have, and I, I don't know him personally, obviously, but any kind of credibility he has with me is Sheriff Lombardo. Mm-hmm. He seems like he's a pretty good dude, and he seems like he's a cop's cop. And I can tell the FBI would like to control what he says. And I don't know if they're really going to be able to so much because he <laughs> seems like he's more interested in getting to the bottom of this yeah. and the facts. Well, he seems really perplexed. And he does. And he's, he? he's even made, made statements that they're going to continue investigating a another shooter or shooters. Mm-hmm. They haven't ruled that out. Yeah, and then you could see the the FBI guy kind of looking at him like, okay, you know. Okay, we got to control this guy. But I think he's going to be hard to control because he's an elected sheriff for Clark County, Nevada. And so he's serving his his people. Whereas the FBI, they don't care. They work for the government. I wouldn't believe anything they said. No. I don't trust those guys as far as I can fart. (laughs) And that's not very far. (laughs) Well, on any given day. Depends on what I eat. Because should I go on? Um. But you know what I mean? So Sheriff Lombardo, I think, says says the most credible things. And I think he's trying to be as honest as he can without impending investigation. Mm-hmm. And the other thing he said on a on the, the press um the press conference he did the other day that there is evidence that this guy had left himself an escape route, had an escape plan. And even that sounds bizarre. Because how do you how do you check into the Mandalay Bay using your girlfriend's club card, mm-hmm. right? You you know who she is. They know who you are. You're a high roller. Mm-hmm. That's how you got a two thousand square foot suite at the Mandalay Bay overlooking the concert. They know who you are. He was gambling. Some some people say ten thousand. I've heard up to thirty thousand a day prior to the um, shooting. Mm-hmm. So now, now you're just going to escape and disappear, and no one's going to know who you are. Yeah, 
<laughs> and he, he, only, he sent about a hundred grand to the Philippines where she was there. Well, that's not enough to live on for a guy who's who's living a lifestyle like that. Mm-hmm. And then they, they're going to extradite you. They're going to get you. Philippines? Yeah. Hell, that Duarte guy will just come and assassinate you, dude. Mm-hmm. So that in itself doesn't make sense. But if there was an escape route, was it for him? Right. Why does he have gloves on his hands? Yeah, especially because they think there was another uh, person in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody had put a, uh, you know, a receipt out that worked there and said, I served this guy and he ordered. It looked like single order stuff, but there was two Pepsis mm-hmm. and there, there was enough food that could have been for two people. I mean, oh, and on the on the guest, it says two. Right. So when it was anybody with him, was he set up? Did he actually do any of the shooting? Did they whack him and just leave him there and did the shooting? And then then they escaped. You look at the floor plan. The, uh, the staircase, the uh, fire escape staircase was right out the door. You just swing right and boom, you're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know. I, was, I wasn't there. Things change. Even the timeline now has changed of what happens. It just, yeah, see? it just doesn't make sense. Was the guy a total basket case? His father was a serial bank robber who was diagnosed as psychotic. Yeah, so they say. So they say. See? That's they say he was it. a psychopath. So did he inherit that? And it took him 64 years for the psychopathness to kick in. You know, and I was telling Miss Kapow today, okay, he has cameras everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Cameras monitoring the halls. Apparently it wasn't, it wasn't recorded or were they in another room? I mean, you know what I mean? Exactly. And a camera inside the room filming him, but it wasn't recorded. I don't get it, but he has cameras everywhere. Now, I know if I was going to do something like that, and do, I would have to get on the Internet and research cameras. I'd have to have some knowledge on what company makes a wireless camera and how I would set it up and use it. You don't just walk into Wally World and buy the first thing off the shelf. Right. So where's all that? Where's all that, you know, where's all that research? It doesn't, it's just so many things that don't add up. I mean, thousands of things that just don't add up with this guy. And everything's speculation and everything is theory and you can go on and on and on, you know, and of course I'm a nut. So, you know, on this show, you know, that's why I mentioned, I don't know, was he even human? Mm-hmm. Was he some alien hybrid reptilian? I mean, you would have to be so demonized to do what he did. That would, you know, it would fit. But then again, my mind is trying to make sense out of something that's senseless. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely don't believe he was just a dude who just snapped. No. This was, I mean, even the sheriff said this was carefully planned, carefully thought out. Mm-hmm. Plus, he had been to other two or three other music festivals recently, almost yeah. like he was scoping those out. Exactly. And why didn't he shoot over there? You know, who knows? Why was this the perfect timing? Absolutely bizarre. Anyway. Enough about that. We don't know anything that anybody else doesn't know. I just wanted to give a rundown on the community that that he's from here, where he lived here, or at least had a house here, mm-hmm. and clarify some things that maybe the media, they don't know, and so you have a misconception, you know, like, how could a guy in a wheelchair do this? You know, it's um, it wasn't like that, you know, yeah. and I don't know if he was a golfer or played golf. There was no mention of that. Um, but a lot of people do, but they do say he had no problem when you, when the people who did talk to him telling them he was a professional gambler. And when he bought the home here, that's what he put on the application. His money came from professional gambling and he paid cash for it. Yep. Somebody was financing this guy, you know, was the CIA financing this guy for a front? Was this his front life? I'm not saying he wasn't a gambler. He really was. And he was strategic in it. Mm-hmm. And then they're trying to connect him to ISIS, but yet the FBI said there is nothing that shows that he's connected with ISIS. Yeah, and they were they were kind of hoping that Mary Lou would come back from the Philippines and go, yeah, I radicalized him. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know they've been together for years, <laughs> you know, and he just now got radicalized. And yeah, come on, uh, it, it's just so many weird things. I mean, but it really does smack of a Jason Bourne, you know. Yeah. Who is CIA operation. It's a black ops thing. He had a house here. 
These are shell houses. They're like money houses, uh, drop houses. Um, it could happen anywhere, uh, but it's not normal. This ain't just some dude, you know, crying Allah Akbar and, you know, killing people. Mm-hmm. This is, it's like a game changer. It's like 9-11. It's planned out to be a game changer. There's stuff that's going to come out of this. A lot of stuff. Everywhere. Yeah. You know. Even even here, um, in this community, and it was a knee-jerk reaction that they wanted to close the community. They wanted to put gates up and guards um, and you couldn't come through here unless you lived here. Yeah. Can you, you know what I mean? I mean, a crazy knee jerk reaction on that. It was like, you can't do that. These, there's a couple of like public roads, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's a golf, public golf course up there. You can't just do that. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, there's like a lot of fear and knee jerk reaction and stuff on this. Yeah. And, um, because people are looking for answers. They're looking for something that they can sink their teeth in. Mm-hmm. And plus it's because of this neighborhood, you know, um, it, 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 it's just unnerving to think that there's someone like that, that lives so close and lived in this community. Yeah. You you want him to be a, um, you want him to be the uni bomber, right? You you want him to have a little cabin somewhere in, uh, you know, Colorado, Utah, Colorado city, Utah, you know, then you bust open those cabin doors and he has all kinds of pipe bombs and, plans to you know take over the world you know you want that kind of madman right you don't don't want this guy Mm -mm. that you have nothing on you know has a beautiful home in a beautiful community no one knows anything about him and he's a professional gambler Mm -hmm. you know so what there's a lot of people who gamble uh but it just doesn't seem like he had that kind of money to gamble that kind of cash to bankroll it yeah. I mean, they say it was worth a couple of mil, but he's dropping 30 grand a day. That's going to go through your two mil real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm not a pro gambler, so I don't know that much about it. So I, I'm probably speaking out of turn, but it, it just, it just doesn't seem like his finances were, could support that kind of stuff. Anyway, I hope that kind of helped. Clarified some things, maybe. Or maybe you know? we just more confused everybody. Or just confused people more. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the community lived in, that's that's what it was. It was very quiet, and no one would have known Mm-mm. anything. No one. And um, the, the gun shop, guns and guitars up the street, they wouldn't know. People go in there, they buy guns. That's their job. That's their business. They also offer training classes. CCW classes, home invasion classes. They go out of their way to train people to be responsible gun owners and to teach them how to how to shoot and stuff at the range. So these are not a bunch of yahoos just selling guns, you know, on the street corner. These these are good folks. And uh, this guy comes in there and buys guns. And, and you know, how, how are you going to, you know, who has the crystal ball, huh? Mm-hmm. You know what we need is the minority report. And maybe this is the precursor to the minority report. Yeah. You know, where mm-hmm. we have a pre-crime unit and that we can we can read people's minds and know the future that they're going to commit this crime. Stop and arrest them before they do. Pre-crime unit. And we'll get Tom Cruise to uh, be the chief of police. Yeah. Minority Report. True movie. Well, you know, the other thing that was annoying that, that uh, we learned today about his allergies, right? Yeah. And they said that's why he wore the gloves. Yeah. Because he had, uh, he was so allergic to things like even his girlfriend couldn't wear makeup or perfume or anything like that. Yeah. That and because anything he touched, you know, could um, aggravate his his skin or whatnot. So he has to he has to wear go- gloves. But then when you see those other pictures of him, he's not wearing any gloves. No. And that information only came out after the leaked photos mm-hmm. of his dead body, and he's wearing gloves. And the first thing I tell Ms. Kapow, I was like, interesting, because the first thing the police are going to do is bag his hands mm-hmm. to protect him from the gunshot residue. And they're going to do a, GR, uh, a, a GSR test on his hands for gunshot residue. Mm-hmm. That's the shooter. Isn't it fascinating how he has all these weapons? He has penny loafers on. He's wearing loafers, mm-hmm. you know, slippers. But yet he has gloves on. Um, somebody else could have 
shot, had all the gun residue, and then just slipped those right over his hands before they escaped. They had plenty of time after after killing him. And uh, there's no gunshot residue on his hands. He has mm-hmm. gloves. Huh. Yeah, very strange. So, and, but, and then the story comes out um, afterwards. Oh, yeah, the LGs, and that's uh-huh. why he was seen wearing brown garden gloves a lot. Yeah, and that's where they had that photo of her with no makeup on. Yeah. But hello, there's a picture of her with makeup on with him. Yes. Yeah. And you know, so they keep using the same picture of him where he looks like he's drinking a cocktail. He looks like he's like half drunk, drunk and yeah. stuff like that. They keep using that picture, and I, I don't understand why they don't go, went to the DMV, the Nevada Department of Vehicles, and get his driver's license picture and use that one. That's going to be more current. Mm-hmm. It's going to look more like what he looked like. Even here in Sun City, we all have cards, and you have you have a picture ID card right. to use the facilities. And, um, you know, I don't know for sure, but I, I they might have kicked down a, a recent picture of him for law enforcement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they keep using that one. I think it's 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 almost like the the trying to get a certain image. Yeah, they're trying to paint a picture for us now. Yeah, uh, and who knows why? Something's definitely wrong with all this. Something, or a lot of somethings, are mm-hmm. certainly wrong about all this. The shooting itself was too precise, and it was carried out too well. Mm-hmm. That's one of the big problems they have. It's too organized. It's too clean. People just aren't that organized, that meticulous. They don't plan for years to do something like this, and nobody know about it. Yeah, it's and even the not law real. enforcement experts can't figure it out. <laughs> no. Yeah, top FBI profilers. Yeah, they're uh, stumped. They're so stumped. What does that tell this. you? So usually there's some kind of plan. I mean, you go to the uh, San Bernardino shooters. They're crying Allah Akbar. You go to their deal. Oh, okay, there's the bombs. There's the guns. Up oh, the radicalized Muslims. You. It's not long before the motive comes out. Mm-hmm. The grievance will come out. This guy, I don't think it ever will. Tell you the truth, doesn't seem like it. No, it's it's they've really really uh, did a number this time. And that may be on purpose, because if you don't, you can't identify the enemy, you're going to have to come up with laws and systems to to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Well, we're all the enemy, right? To protect each other from one another. Yeah. That's all I have, Ms. Ben. That's all I have, Ms. Rickham. Okay, people. Sleep tight. And we'll talk to you later. Ciao, babies.